for retention purposes, probably the most important thing with accountability is to really understand that you really need to make promoting the own agent's sphere of influence the central focus of your production training, okay? Hey everybody, it's Brian Eisenhower. Welcome to the show today. Got some um, an exciting topic I wanna talk about. It applies to real estate team retention strategies. Okay, I wanna talk a little about real estate team retention. And, and when I wanna talk about retention, I, I don't wanna talk about, hey, an agent's leaving my team, what can I do to, to, to stop it? That, that's a little late. It really, real estate retention starts in a preventative mode and how you run your team and how you structure your team to enable retention. And as teams grow and get larger, retention becomes more and more of an issue. And oftentimes as teams get larger, there's less attention, there's less lead distribution that goes around and agents can kind of slip through the cracks more. And that's normal with any organization, in any business. The larger it gets, the turnovers get, you're going to see more people coming in and more people leaving. And that's not something to shy away from. You'll see a lot of people say, I want to stay with a small team because I want to avoid that loss. And, and that's a really scarcity-based attitude. I mean, no, very few people want to have these huge big teams. They don't. They usually just want to get a little bit bigger than they are right now because they know that a little bit bigger means a little bit more income and a little bit less work on the team leader themselves. So people generally just want baby steps up. And ultimately, they find themselves much bigger, which is usually much better than they were than they were a small team for a multitude of reasons. You just have to take it from me on that one. It's hard to see when you're a small team. Eisenhower Coaching's custom training suite is your company's own custom branded training website loaded with Eisenhower Coaching's powerful training courses for real estate agents, teams, and brokerages. With video lessons, audio lessons, downloadable course workbooks, scripts, tools, and systems, with quizzes and action steps for accountability and implementation, managers can also monitor agent performance with detailed reporting. Agents can earn certificates and degree designations abbreviated after their name in signature lines, online profiles, and marketing. Easily create your own customized courses for local topics like file compliance, MLS systems, contracts and disclosures, CRM training, and new agent orientation. Use ICC's course training materials in your own office training rooms with our downloadable and printable student workbooks, instructor's manuals, instructional training videos for each class lesson. The custom training suite is your own custom branded training system that is changing the game for real estate, teams, and companies everywhere. The pain associated with loss is, is usually the problem. We, we look at ourselves as a failure if one agent doesn't make it or one agent leaves and goes to another team and succeeds. And it's hard because we're humans and we're people pleasers and we feel rejected and no one likes that. So that fear of that rejection is what prevents us from growing. And then we really just tend to, you know, like helicopter mom it, you know, and when we get the next agent, we're like all over them and just have to control it and make sure they succeed rather than kind of let them free, stand back, let them make mistakes. And if they don't work out, they don't work out. That hands-off approach is much more effective, much more effective. 
you know, and that's why when you get a little bit larger, all your eggs aren't in the one basket with one or two agents. It, you know, it's spread out. And if someone leaves, we learn to deal with that. And we tend to always tend to be bringing on more and seeing which ones are a fit and which ones aren't, you know, seeing which ones will work and which ones won't, which ones will show up and which ones won't, which ones are cultural fits, you know, on and on and on and on. It's hard to tell until they're on the team. So that's why we always need to be growing. It's very hard to judge. I mean, I've been in real estate, you know, 35 plus years, ran multiple brokerages, teams, everything over those years. And I still can't tell you which agents are going to work or not. They come on board and you think one thing and then the other thing shows up. And that's just the way it works. And until you give them a test minute, it's kind of hard to tell. So you can't be upset every time they don't work out. You, you got you to gotta be okay with cutting bait every now and then. That's a big part of leadership that if you're going to call yourself a leader, you got to be okay with. Um, you're going to have to let people go. But part of letting people go is always building a deep bench behind it. Because if if you let the people go and that's all you got, you're 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 not going to be okay with it. So we've got to always degree, you know, you got to always accept there's a natural ebb and flow to real estate, and there's going to be some degree of turnover. <clears throat> Retention is just trying to mitigate that a little bit, um, but you're not going to stop it, you know. So the, I, I I would say the first retention. Um, strategy I, I really want to discuss is the degree of accountability that, that you have. And there's a lot of different aspects under this degree of accountability. As you grow larger as a real estate team, in theory, you're going to loosen the degree of accountability you have over your agents because um, you only have so much, you know, breath over them. But at the same time, you know, we, um, you know, I think that it behooves you to have less accountability at a certain point. Now, of course, when new agents first come on, like new licensees that are brand new agents that are highly dependent on leads provided by the team, um, you know, I, I think in those types of scenarios, um, you know, you're going to have a high, high degree of accountability. You're, you're, you know, you you may be checking the amount of contacts they make, the amount of appointments they make. The amount of, you know, I, I do like accountability around lead measures rather than lag measures or activity-based indicators rather than results-based indicators. So I, I, I you know, activity-based indicators are things like, you know, contacts, appointments set, uh, even contracts written. But, you know, if we put a lot of accountability around results, um, that can be damaging. And it's really, it's not very actionable. So if it's like I require every agent to put two under contract every month. I've never been a real big fan of that um, because, you know, things happen. You know, people get, you know, sick or they get divorces and and you're that guy that has this weird standard. You know what I mean? It puts a lot of undue pressure on agents even though they may be doing the activities, they just haven't gotten lucky yet, or maybe they don't have that SOI yet. Or so I would rather just really hold them accountable to the activities and just enforcing and encouraging and reinforcing the thought that, hey, you keep doing the activities, the results will come. Sometimes people get lucky and they come right away. Sometimes they're a year and a half out. It's hard enough to keep people positive and in the business and succeeding for that long of a period of time. But if you're putting a lot of results-based indicators on them and pressure, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't see that work for long. I definitely don't see that work with large teams. Okay. Doing that across the board, absolutely no way. Um, so I really like activity based indicators for that degree of accountability. Um, you know, you know, I've seen people that don't perform, get kicked off teams, 
things like that. As you get larger, I think you're going to start to see that, um, you know, you know, shutting off leads a lot and kicking people off teams a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it to be perfectly honest with you. If there, I mean, there, there's, there's, I've seen teams that have extremely large, especially when they get very, very large, um, they have a lot of agents that don't prospect. They have agents that don't, um, that don't, they aren't full time. Um, but those, those agents contribute in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's culturally, um, sometimes they bring in other agents cause they're influential socially. Um, sometimes they just bring in a lot of business cause they're well-connected. They have a good database. So they may not protest prospect and stuff. They may not even have time to work. They may be like a teacher at an elementary school, but they bring in and refer a lot of business to the team. So you may pay them like kind of an, an elevated referral fee and let somebody else work it. Or maybe they work some of them and not all of them or what have you. I, I think when you get too dialed in on accountability, you squeeze way too tight sometimes. And when you get larger, larger and, and you want to grow to a larger team, kind of like anything, if you're going to be the mayor of a big city, you're going to have different neighborhoods and different boroughs, and you're going to have different strokes for different folks and different things that make people tick. If you just try to like create a big old army of your own robots, it's a much harder way to go because you have to find those types of robots. And, you know, it's, you know, I always believe in diversification anyway, you know, so, um, and you'll see that with like pure prospecting teams, um, where all they do is make everyone prospect all the time. And that's great, but you tend to see some real high turnover there. And that's a lot of work, you know, and if you don't have some sort of elevated system to, you know, acknowledge and accept other types of animals on your team, you know, different people for different seats on the bus, you know, you get some people are really like dialed into their neighborhood and they're great geographic farmers, or some people have great SOI databases and they, and, and they really want to cultivate and, and do a lot of SOI work. And then you got some people that are, you know, telemarketers, they want to convert inbound leads and some want to prospect for expires and FISBOs and circle prospect and all you got door knockers, all the different things. I love them all. They're all great. We coach and we train them all, all excellent. However, if all we are doing is, you know, trying to keep one size fits all and holding everyone to that same level of accountability, I think I'd open my mind a little bit if I want to get larger, if I want to expand into new neighborhoods and expand and, 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 and run a big organization that has different departments and, and different sources of income. Definitely in having some grace, because if you start kicking people off teams that, you know, you think, well, that's going to send a message to everybody else that I really know what I need to know. And that's, I think that's kind of archaic leadership. I don't know if that's if, if that's really, really successful in this day and age. It sends a kind of a fear-based message throughout your team, which doesn't usually resonate um, well with people. And it creates kind of a negative fear-based culture on your team, which is not a positive, happy place that gets people fired up and want to bring their friends to it and and, and grow it and, and, and things like that. So I, I would really make kicking off the team almost more cultural than production-based. Like if someone's like poisonous or, you know, victim or negative or unethical, okay, kick them off. I get all that. But, you know, you make it too much on a production standard. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I may not keep giving them leads if they're not calling leads, you know, okay, I could, I could dial that back, but I might have a conversation with them and try to redirect them in a different way. Um, I don't want you spending money and throwing good money after bad, but 
at the same time, kicking them off or just shutting them down and putting them in like timeout for a while without leads, you know, maybe only with the new agents. I, I wouldn't do that with your season agents that have been around a while. I would also make sure that for retention purposes, probably the most important thing with accountability is to really understand that you really need to make promoting the own agent's sphere of influence the central focus of your production training, okay? Yes, we do want them to work the leads we provide them. Yes. And those leads are designed to supplement their income until they build their own sphere of influence database, that group of people that they know or, or people that the people they know know, um, that circle of influence. We want to always push that. And here's why. When agents, any agent, I don't care who they are, when they first get their license, they have dreams of them being a successful agent. And those dreams don't involve them being a telemarketer, converting leads into appointments from people they don't even know that come in off the internet or phone calls or something. Those are fine for now, but you won't see a lot of lifers that you know have 20-year careers in real estate that survive that way. It, it's pretty darn rare to find those because um, they'll burn out over time and they'll leave you for, some, for, for greener pasture, if not the industry altogether. Um, so you can only keep them doing that without hope of something new for so long. Instead, when they first get their license, what they're dreaming of is a whole lot of people that come to them, that they know, that they like. And they become this real estate agent of choice within a certain group of people. And typically that group of people is going to be their sphere of influence. So it needs to be a big emphasis on your team from the day they start, where, we, where it looks something like this, where you're saying, hey, you know, the focus on our team is for you to build your database. We want to help you. We want to grow your business. We don't want you to be dependent on our leads forever. We're going to give you leads and we're going to we're and we're going to have production but 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 that's not going to be in lieu of you working your database so you're always pushing them to put their database together to grow their database to stay in contact with it to to invite them to the team events to you know to to market to them and all those different things and then you can use all the team resources to give instant credibility and experience to them like a brand new agent all of a sudden can market to their own database and, you know, market all the teams just listed and the just solds and all the different, you know, open houses you're holding and all the activity and the under contract work you're doing. And, you know, after six months of, of putting that kind of stuff in front of them through all the different, you know, marketing channels available, all of a sudden after one year, it looks like they've been in the business for 10 years to their whole SOI. And, and their whole SOI will actually think that the whole idea that they're new is over with. And by that second year, they're going to, people are going to start coming to them with confidence and not worry about the fact they're new. And that's one of the few things a good solid team that is, that comes from abundance, not scarcity can do for agents. And when I mean abundance versus scarcity, scarcity, I mean, is like a lot of team leaders, unfortunately say, Hey, I want them to be dependent on me, my leads. If they build their own database, they're going to leave me. Well, not if you're doing it right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so they'll say those types of things. Um, and they'll say, you know, well, I don't want them to like market themselves. I want them to market the team. And that doesn't work either. I mean, it is very easy to market themselves, you know, and you'll see they, people lose agents because all the time, because they want to build their own identity. <laughs> Why on earth couldn't they do that on your team? Why doesn't every marketing piece that goes out to their SOI have their name big, their face big, and you take a back seat? 
I mean, after all, if they're leaving you, they're going to like, let's say a Caldwell Banker or a Keller Williams. Well, there's two names that are usually very small. So they're going to be a solo agent, not on a team, not like the public even knows the difference whether they're on a team or not. They're going to go to another brokerage where they're not the only name on the sign and their face is going to be big and their name is going to be big. So why can't they just do the same exact thing on a team and have your team name real small next to the brokerage is really small on all the marketing you can do it with? Put the agent out there first. It behooves you as a team leader or, or the entire team. Why? Because now they're going to more effectively market to their SOI. Their SOI doesn't know you or want to know the team. The SOI has a relationship with them, the agent. So why not let them put themselves, their, the best foot forward in the marketing materials that's most likely to attract business from their SOI? So it just makes logical sense. So we shouldn't be losing agents because of a loss of identity. Um, you know, we can give them that instant, you know, experience. And, you know, if they do get like a multi-million dollar listing in their first year, I mean, you know, a team leader or one of the listing specialists can go with them so that they actually can compete and get the listing despite experience. So that now, now that they don't lose identity, but they actually pick up all the value adds. And usually, I mean, there's someone on the team that can help with anything. I mean, you see agents in the business 25 years that don't know how to like list an office building or, you know, industrial space or, you know, farm and ranch land. But if we got someone on the team that can do that or a team leader that's comfortable doing that, you know, you always have that credibility and support that's there that you just don't get from most traditional brokers for solo agents. So you don't have to worry about that, you know, that, that retention overflow, you know, and then I think over time, you'll see people leave for a commission split as well, too. And that degree of accountability kind of comes back in here as the team gets bigger and more and more of these agents are getting more and more business from their own SOI and, and taking less and less business that's provided to them by the team. That's why we always want to be tracking team-generated leads versus agent-generated leads. And more, more particular, I really care, now is when we want to track the closings. So if we look at an agent's closings over the course of a year, let's say they close, I don't know, 24 transactions. You know, if 12 of them were closed that came from team leads and 12 came from the agent's own SOI, that agent's doing pretty good. They are. They're bringing 12 pieces of business to the team that the team's getting a percentage of. And they're also still getting a percentage of the business that the agent brought. So at that case, if, once an agent starts bringing in a significant amount, at least matching You've often heard me call this the matching standard. I'm okay with giving them a higher, you know, commission split on their SOI generated leads that the agent brings in themselves and closes. I'm okay with that. They've earned the right now. They, you know, they've used the team's supplemented leads. They've kind of nursed themselves off it and they're they've been building their own SOI. And, and we can kind of graduate them up on a higher split then once they start, you know, to demonstrate with some consistency, maybe an entire calendar year or two of generating enough business from the reno SOI, we know we can kind of kick the training wheels off and you can treat everybody the same. You can actually make this public. You can tell to a brand new agent when they first come up, say, hey, once you get here, then you'll get this. And so there's always this path to growth, right, that they can kind of get. Um, and you can kind of keep going from there, it, you know, it, and as long as you're always growing, you don't worry, well, I'm only getting so much, you know, income from this one agent. Well, that's fine. That's fine because you, you're always bringing in new agents and they're on the lower splits, still kind of, you know, earning their stripes, just like everybody else. And that, that, that agent that's succeeding at that high level, 
you know, we're, we're just continuing to create a path for growth. And they and, and if they stay on your team, they really help retention because everybody sees, wow, that person, John there, he's kicking butt. I went, you know, John hasn't left. Success leaves clues. If I just keep doing what these guys tell me, I can be just like John and John hasn't gone anywhere. But if you have, you know, if you constantly have successful agents leaving your team, um, they're sending a message to the rest of your agents. So, you know, maybe you dial back the accountability, dial back the amount of that you're reaching their pocket on a commission split. And for, so long as they generate, bring business to the team themselves and they, they're aware of that, it tends to work. But if you don't make them aware of it, here's what's going to happen, gang. You know, they're going to sell 24 houses. And let's say that 22 of them came from the team and only two were generated themselves. If you don't let them know constantly that only two of those were brought by themselves, they're going to think they generated them all. Trust me, that is just a natural, weird thing that, that goes on neurologically inside uh, real estate agents that I've watched for decades. You know, they always say, I didn't get any business from that team yet. They got all of it because they don't know the difference between lead generation and lead conversion. They think they're the ones who did all the work because they converted it and everything. They don't realize how much money, time, and effort goes into generating it, you know, all the marketing that creates it, you know, all the time, the effort, the experience, all of that. So you really got to make them aware of that and keep them, let them always know the scoreboard on that. And then don't be afraid to reward them when they get there and let them be a walking, talking testimonial of the successful agents on your team. And then you watch your retention activities will turn into recruiting activities. And you won't just have to like recruit in the proactive sense, go out and get business. You'll recruit by attraction at that point because everybody else will see that all these top agents that are succeeding have learned to succeed on your team and they're staying there. And that's going to make people want to join your team. It's like, wow, they got all these successful agents that are top producers on that team. Maybe, maybe they know something I don't. I should be on that team. And that's kind of that, that that's how it works. That's how it looks. So those are just some concepts and some strategies that really help to put in place um, to help your retention efforts. And you'll see when you do that, it's really going to really promote team growth. And the more you are able to grow and add, the less you're going to squeeze tight the agents you've got. And um, it makes a really, really big difference with the with the culture of your team. It creates a level of positivity and support um, that you wouldn't believe when you put those few dynamics in place. So anyway, guys, I hope this helps. I hope you got something from this and I hope I, I hope you implement some of these with your team. But until next time, we'll see you on next week's show. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Brian Eisenhower podcast. You can learn more about ICC at EisenhowerCoaching.com. That's I-C-E-N-H-O-W-E-R.com. You can also enroll in one of our many online courses at ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com. That's ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com where you'll find the most expansive real estate training library in the industry. We also offer custom training portals for real estate teams and brokerages looking to give all of their agents access to our expansive course list of courses and training systems. Some companies even take it one step further by purchasing versions of our courses and systems that are white label branded to their specific real estate organizations. 
Also, be sure to subscribe to Eisenhower Coaching's YouTube channel to watch new video content that we put out each and every week. And again, be sure to join the fastest growing Facebook group for top performing real estate professionals by searching for the Real Estate Agent Roundtable Group. With all of that said, thank you again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Brian Eisenhower Podcast.